0: The field exploded after CSI started becoming a hit. In particular, girls and young women who were inspired by CSI. I was told that the Vegas Crime Lab, it's now mostly women.
1: John, I told you it was a boner, but John. But you're taking
2: out the bones. You're not putting in boners, are you?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> John, this is Sorry. John for families.
2: Push the blood on the floor of Yes,
1: I, I, love you. Did the DNA come through? Yes, I,
2: got love you. Hello, John. David Berman. We are back. Episode two. How do you think episode one went? I thought it was great. What about you?
1: You know, we had to work out some bugs. Oh,
2: I, yeah, I see but, what you mean Because he was an entomologist. Yeah. In bugs, insects.
1: <laughs> that joke in my mind. Yeah. On my way to the recording session uh-huh. today, it was so funny. It is. F-
2: People are laughing do right now. You think so? They're in their car. We're getting no pulled fe- over. Really? To laugh.
1: Ah, oh, John, you always <laughs> make me feel better, and I appreciate that. Well, look, today is a very
2: special. I episode. know I'm giddy. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we said the show is mostly to highlight all the amazing crime fighters and ologists that we've met over the years, mm-hmm. but, but we're gonna pepper it in with some celebrities because America loves celebrities.
1: That's true. Uh, we'll we'll give we'll give a little. Uh, what do we say? Occasionally, they get um, they get brownies. Yes. Most of the time, it's broccoli. Yeah. You know the science; it's good for you. The science is good uh-huh. for you. But every once in a while, you got to sweeten the show with some Hollywood um,
2: brownies. Brownies.
1: Hollywood brownies. With some Hollywood razzmatazz. Look, but before we get to that Hollywood razzmatazz and yeah. to into all to star studded affairs such as today's episode. Yeah. Let's talk about something really important.
2: Go on. Patreon. Oh, sure. John,
1: you want to tell the good people at home what Patreon is? I didn't is? even
2: know about Patreon, but now I do. You mm-hmm. just go to patreon.com, you search for CSI Love You, and you can become a subscriber of this show at all different levels and get amazing treats. Hollywood brownies. <laughs> In fact, our very first Patreon
1: member is a wonderful fan of the show. Um, named Sonny. Sonny, shout out. Shout out to Sonny. And uh, Sonny sent us a very nice email. Yeah. And she asked us a question, which the least we could do is answer. Let's do it. Okay. So Sonny asks... what is your favorite episode? I'm oh. assuming of CSI, of CSI? not no, of That So Raven, which is a show that you also did. <laughs> sure, but since fewer episodes, fewer episodes, definitely. So, John, what is your favorite episode wow. of CSI?
2: So many to choose from, David, but I would go with uh, season ten, episode nine of. CSI called appendicitis. Oh, do you remember this episode? How, that's an amazing I, episode. It's my birthday. I get kidnapped. We're out in the middle of nowhere. And craziness ensues, David. There's a murder and a murder investigation. Any any like particularly fun memories of being on set for that episode? I mean, you know how it is, right? When you're not in the lab and you're not just delivering DNA or toxicology or saying liver temp, right? Like yeah. you're out in the how world. How many times
1: do you think... <laughs> I said liver temp on that show. We should go
2: back and look. You did how many episodes? I did
1: 290 episodes, and yeah. I think I said liver temp 289
2: times. We should cut them all together and make like a real... Oh, my gosh. Because you probably did them idea. all different, right, yeah. Lee? So, uh, you know, I'm just... It feels like you're making a movie when you're out in the field, and every day you got actual scenes where you get to act. and. Mm-hmm. That was just a, a ton of fun for me. So that's my favorite. I mean, I have a lot, but but that was mine.
1: I love that. I love that episode, by the way. If, you know, I'm going to digress for a moment. Sure. So I met John Welner over here in an acting class many years ago. Mm-hmm. And from the moment I saw him on stage, I thought, this is one of the best actors I've ever seen. What? Hilarious. And if you want to see John at his absolute best, make sure you go back and watch Appendicitement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And That's So Raven. And That's episode. So
1: Raven. Um, <laughs> what about you? What's your oh, favorite okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> My favorite episode was probably a season thirteen episode mm-hmm. called "Dead of the Class." Oh, sure. Yes, I know it's hard to believe, but kind of a nerd in high school. What? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I had this idea of at my high school reunion when I was when I was walking around and seeing a lot of the cool kids. I thought, God, this would be a great place. To find a dead body. You know, maybe yeah. that, maybe a, a jock in high school who had tortured and uh, Not that I had ever had fantasies of, of, of killing sure, my bullies. No. Never. Gosh, gosh. But I thought this would be a good episode. So I, I pitched the basic idea to Tom Millars, who was a producer on CSI, and he loved it. And he wrote this episode, Dead of the Class. And kind of like what you said, you know, most of the time we're just saying liver temp or ligature marks around the neck and wrist. That's a that's another one. That's a good one. Yeah, nice. TOD, TOD around midnight. Ah, I said that nice. a lot. Sweet. So it was this was an episode which I basically got to get out of the lab and and play with the other actors in the show and it was really really fun. And uh, one of my best friends, Adam Bush, the great Adam Bush, sure. uh, was, was, the, was the antagonist in the episode. It was really fun working with that him.
2: That was super fun. And then you got to have a fantasy where you're like doing the autopsy and the dead body is a girl you went to high school with and she's yes, talking back she's to talking you. she's talking to me.
1: And, and I gotta have a baby. That's right. I had a baby.
2: And I don't. I'm childless. So
1: that's as cl- <laughs> in
2: real life. Uh-huh. So that is as close Acting. to
1: yes. That is as close <laughs> to having a baby as
2: I will ever have. Wow. Yeah. I forgot about that. You had a whole family. and had A whole, whole storyline. A whole storyline.
1: Because for years and years and years, I I was uh my character was a little bit like Norm from uh from Cheers. from Cheers, and that I had a wife, but you never met her. You know, Norm had right. Vera. Vera. Right. So, so in that episode, you got to meet my wife, got to meet my new baby. It was
2: great, good stuff. Yes. I don't think I think I'm single. I think Henry Andrews was single. He Play in the a, field. He, I think he got catfished though by someone in Iceland. I just feel like that's what happened I hate that for you I know, it's random, but it's real
1: Well look, Sonny, I hope that answered your question And we really appreciate uh, you being a Patreon member And we hope that if if you like the show If if you like us, if you like John If you like John Wellner, if you like assignment, We hope (laughs) that you'll go to patreon.com and and sign up
2: And if you have more questions, you can become a subscriber And there's lots of other
1: Perks, perks Well, boy, let's just get today's episode, because I can't wait.
2: It's remarkable that we are gifted with this guest today. John, go ahead. Give the introduction. I mean, my first scene on CSI was with the amazing Mark Helgenberger. Yeah, mine too. Oh, really? Can I tell a quick story? Yeah. No,
1: forgive me. It wasn't
2: my first scene. Georgia was your first But it was Georgia.
1: But my first day, I was so nervous, and I guess... Oh, uh, the cat's out of the bag. Mark Helgenberger Yeah, they our saw. An, they uh, they, they you know, know. They, they saw the little out. thing. So, anyways, uh, um, I, I kind of sheepishly uh, approach Mark Helgenberger. I, I knew she was a big deal, but I didn't know her name. Like, I didn't know her name. I just knew she was seen her on TV, but I didn't know her name. I said, "Hi, I'm David Berman." She said, "Oh, hi, I'm Mark Helgenberger. And I said, oh, "Nice to meet you, Marge," because <laughs> I thought she said Marge. I, I, and I and I was so nervous. she said, "No, Marg." And I said, "Marge." She said, Marg. I'm like, Marge? It was like I had brain damage. Like I couldn't. Anyways, luckily, she didn't hold it against me. Uh And, you know, many years later, she's on the
2: show. She's on the show. I I imagine that conversation happened many times over her life. Because she's the only Marg I know. She's the only one. But it makes sense. Is her real name Margaret? I don't I think it's Marg.
1: I think it's just Marg. Anyways, let's just get to the show. Because I'm so excited. And she's waiting. So... John, without further ado,
2: let's introduce our amazing guest. Our guest today is an Emmy Award-winning actress who has appeared in dozens of super famous TV shows such as ER, Frasier, and China Beach. She's been in movies, including Aaron Brockovich, Bad Boys, Mr. Brooks. That's just naming a few. But she is probably most famous for her role as showgirl turned crime fighter Catherine Willows on the original <laughs> CSI. Please welcome our very good friend Mark Helgenberger.
0: Yay! was not a showgirl. I was an exotic dancer.
1: so before CSI, you won an Emmy in China Beach playing a sex worker with a heart of gold. <laughs> so then you transitioned. you transitioned <laughs> to CSI where you played a stripper with a heart of gold. <laughs> so that, so so in both cases, you had a heart of gold in both places. But that is quite a shift from going to playing a sex worker to law enforcement. How did that happen? Like, were you offered the role? We assume you didn't have to audition. Could you talk about that?
0: She didn't have a heart of gold (laughs) at at all. She was cynical and she was there to make a buck. You know, she was an entrepreneur. It's so weird, though, how that like got out there into the atmosphere. If anybody watched the show, when I read the script, yes, the script was fresh. It had a crackle to it and the characters were fun and the dialogue was kind of zippy. And it was... Also a show that highlighted criminalists as the heroes, which was rare. Believe it or not, I actually had a year or two before CSI came around, I was offered a pilot that was about criminalists. It hit this kooky title by the name of Exit Elves.
1: Hmm. Exit elves. Interesting.
0: So people like kind of snuck in like after the crime happened. Ah. And, you know what I mean? I mean, I turned down the pilot. It was pretty well written. She was a good writer. Mm-hmm. Cut to a year or two later, whatever. CSI comes along and I thought, oh, okay. Well, this one here's another one. It had a more, I guess, like a sexy tone to it mm-hmm. also. I did not audition. I mm. met with... Danny Cannon, who directed the pilot with Anthony Zyker, who created the show, and Jonathan Littman, who's a Jerry Bruckheimer's company, and Jerry, and really good meeting. Then I was off for the part. Yeah.
1: There were no elves in the first draft, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No elves. Okay, good. They had gotten rid of that element. Sorry. I'm still stuck. It's like the worst name for a pilot Eggs I've ever heard. Exit
0: elves? elves? Sorry. I, that's probably why it didn't go. Yeah, um, that's it. It's just in, a, in the trash heap of pilot.
1: I'm picturing a dead elf in a tree, in like a Keebler tree, and like CSIs as elves trying to figure out who killed the elf in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I you know that. And there's all sorts of, like, elf jokes and Keebler jokes.
0: And the spinoff would be about gnomes. About gnomes. Ooh, gnomes. Yeah,
1: yeah, GSI. <laughs> <laughs> when did you know that you had something special with CSI? Was it while you were filming the pilot? Like, I mean, you said you liked the script and it was zippy. But when did you have that aha moment where you're mm-hmm. like, wow, this is really tapping into something?
0: Well, I should also mention that Billy Peterson was attached to the show. And Gary Durdan had been cast. And I knew Gary from a pilot we had done together. And I was like, oh, yeah, right on. <laughs> and I was a big fan of Billy's, you know, from his, the films that he's done and stuff. It was like a snowball. I mean, I've done enough pilots that you'd sense when there's chemistry. And Danny brought a lot of energy and enthusiasm and a real style to the direction. I had good, a good sense about it while it was being filmed. We all saw a cut of it that still had like... I don't know, too many maggots in it, which ultimately ended up having to be edited out because they knew that CBS at the time didn't seem like their type of show. But, oh, let's get rid of the maggots and maybe we'll put it on a Friday night at eight o'clock and bury it.
1: Another alt, it could have been called Too Too Many many Maggots. maggots. I would watch
2: that too. (laughs) Yeah. We're big on research over here at CSI Love You. And we know that you met with Yolanda McCleary, who is a CSI at the Las Vegas Police Department. Was that before the pilot? At what point did you go down there to do a ride-along?
0: My first ride-along, I want to say, was before the second season started.
2: Okay. Oh, but wow. I want to
0: say that's when that happened. One of the first times I rode with her, the call came in as a break in and it was out in the suburbs. And Yolanda's response was, oh, God, I just hate these things. They're just, it's always like kids that break in. And uh, then she just was like, so like, bored with the prospect of processing this break in. We kept going far and further and further away from the city ended up being this older couple. There was a few things missing. It was a small person because they'd gotten through like the doggy door and they oh. figured it was probably a neighbor kid. The best part of the story was we we're going down a hallway and it's just this modest kind of suburban home. And this woman, like, I don't know, she was probably in her seventies or something. And she was leading us down the hallway. And then she looks over her shoulder and she goes, now, I want you to know that I host sex parties. Mm. Riolana's response, okay, hide what? the sex toys. What? And then in this room, which was like a spare bedroom that she had filled with like cabinets and stuff. And it was just all kinds of stuff. Lube and <laughs> handcuffs, cock rings.
1: Accoutrements. Like Friday night at your house, John. Yeah.
0: And in fact, we even like dusted one of the packages of cock rings oh, wow. for prints. <laughs> Yep. Interesting. Got a print. Got, you got a print on a cock ring? Got now
1: that's it. another name for the show. Print on a <laughs> cock ring. That's I'm just episode saying, one. Oh, that's like another show. <laughs> yeah, it's episode one. Yeah. Wow. So we had a good
0: laugh about that. And the woman, she was like kind of mortified. Yolanda had said, you know, Margus here. She's just kind of observing and stuff. She's on a television show. And she was familiar with the show because the show uh-huh. was like a big hit by this point. Mm. So she goes, oh my God. Oh my God. My story's going to be like, Told, and of course I've told this story a few times. I'm on <laughs> like David Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I never I never revealed her name or anything. No. That was a fun one. I think after the second season, I did it again. I liked her. She's cool, Yolanda. She was fun and really good at her job. The call came in as Dead Body at the Hard Rock Hotel. Here we mm-hmm. go. Exactly. She goes, Well, oh, do you want to? Do this there's a part of me that was obviously very excited about the fact that I was gonna like be able to help process because this point I'd, I'd learned quite a bit just from doing the show also I felt like it being invasive this mm-hmm. person that just passed you yeah. know like in their World, but yeah, I, don't know, I was a pro and didn't make a thing out of it. But it was pretty fascinating because there were, were like suspicious circs, right? Mm-hmm. You guys have heard that expression before
2: mm-hmm. yep, yep. because
0: it's so much longer to say suspicious circumstances. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you How gotta you like go? chop, pick chop. up the pace
0: <laughs> when you're solving crime,
1: right? <laughs> Crimes are solved in 44
0: minutes, it should be sus circs. right? You really <laughs> <matter>. <laughs> so the guy, the dead body. He had fallen from his bed into the crack between the bed and the wall. He was still there. And the door was left ajar. So that was one suspicious circ. There were, like, leaves that were kind of stuck to his T-shirt. Sure. Well, we found out that he had, the night before, had been very... Inebriated, the security, I guess, at the Hard Rock Hotel even had to like escort him up in a wheelchair. He was that inebriated. Made sure he was on his bed. Then they left, and I guess they didn't make sure the door was closed. The next day, I was scheduled to go to the coroner's office, witness an autopsy or two, and they actually said to me, "Oh, he will be one of the bodies. Wow. So you'll actually get to like track this case. Talk
1: about farm to table." <laughs>
0: Ooh. I mean, you guys have witnessed autopsies. You know, it's like not for the faint-hearted. You know, inside the autopsy theater, there's a few different bodies in various forms of decomposition, as well as like other rooms filled with bodies. Filled,
1: yes. And body parts in fluid, yeah.
0: I kind of had like a few in which maggots were involved, you know, but not him because he had just died. The coroner, who was a woman, she said to me, okay, before they like... You know, and bone saw with the saw. Yeah. She said, yeah, when you open him up, he probably will reek of alcohol mm. because he had so much in his system, obviously, from the night before. But he didn't really. But she noticed that his heart was sort of enlarged. And so she thought, mm, OK, well, maybe he has a heart condition. Dah, dah, dah. They finished the autopsy and then we exchanged email addresses. She said, I will keep you abreast of like what the toxicology reports, oh, cool. you
2: know,
0: how they come back. It was drug and alcohol related. And then it became like a civil case because, you know, it's like one of those what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas stories. Mm. He was there for like some convention or something. Young guy too, 40 For something like that, the wife, she said, no, that's not true. He doesn't have a problem, da, da, da. Sure enough, she said, oh, there was a time a few years ago he had a problem. It was sad, Mm. you know? Yeah, for sure. Then she filed a suit against the Hard Rock Hotel because she felt that the security team should have followed through, made sure that he was okay if he was that inebriated.
1: Was there any foul play?
0: There was no foul play, no.
1: We ask this question to every guest because every guest we've had so far has seen at least one or two or 500 autopsies. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the question we have is, everybody takes that in in a different way. I mean, for some people, the first dead body that they ever saw was an autopsy. It makes people feel different. For me, I felt incredibly grateful for my own mortality, and it reminded me of kind of how precious life Was and it also kind of grossed me out a little bit. John, I believe it made you hungry.
2: Is that accurate? (laughs) I mean, it was a real long time. So eventually I noticed my stomach was growling and it was just, (laughs) you got to (laughs) eat. And I thought, I'm so disgusted. Am I ever going to be able to eat? But I was so hungry.
0: Oh my God.
2: And there is some sort of like cannibalism related there. Like (laughs) the CSI told me. Who was the CSI? Hannibal Lecter? he's like yeah that's actually natural like your body just reacts I'm like that's disgusting it's really not natural mark how did it make you feel
0: (laughs) not that way not (laughs) at all hungry i lost my appetite for two days i swear i mean i shared the same things that you shared david and that it's hard to take in to witness how it's done and obviously the smells all of that is just wow it's stunning
1: i had a similar decedent or dead body mark to the one you had where this gentleman had just died and he was on the table he just looked like he was asleep there wasn't advanced decomposition yes and in a way that almost made it worse because when there's so much decomposition and i've seen those bodies too or when there's been some trauma it reminded me of the dead bodies we'd see at work on set right right but just seeing someone who went to sleep and didn't wake up i think doesn't leave you for a while
0: i remember thinking especially when this guy fired up the saw yeah i was just like wait what, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Yeah. It's going to hurt. Yeah. I was just yeah. freaked out a little because he didn't have much color in his face. Right. It was still just like, Jesus.
2: It's shocking.
1: Yeah. The violence of it. Did it make you, do you think, of better Catherine Willows?
2: Because you could draw on when you were with Doc Robbins?
0: Yes. At that point, I had done two years on the show. And I always felt like I was missing something when I was in autopsy, you know? So from that point forward, after actually being there and taking it in, and I guess fortunate enough to like have this case that I could actually follow through with it, it stayed with me throughout ten seasons. Yeah. Especially that scent, that smell is so unforgettable.
2: One of the bodies I saw was a ten day old baby. Oh, super sad oh, and they were autopsying her and the tech said come over here she smells like candy <gasps> and i thought what okay and i go over and i thought this woman has never smelled candy before <laughs> like this she doesn't know a jujube a swedish fish nothing because it smells like sweeter but it's still decomp it's still yeah. a dead body and it was the tiniest, saddest thing. But she had a heart defect. She had a hole in her heart. Aww. But you're right. So even with the smells of decomp, they vary from person to person. But it's still just a very specific It's still just smell. death.
1: So yeah. I remember when I had my first autopsy, I went home, and my girlfriend at the time, she said, well, well you know, what did it smell like? And I said, it smells like death. Right. I don't know how else to describe it.
2: You know what it is right away, even yep. though you've <laughs> never smelled it.
1: Yep. Correct. So CSI was the first show to fictionalize forensics on TV, I mean, I guess Quincy had done it and other shows had kind of tiptoed around it. But CSI was, as the title suggests, about crime scene investigation, which I think most people didn't even know what it was at the time, you know. Did you feel a responsibility to get it right? Did you get a lot of responses from forensic scientists?
0: I think they were thrilled that this show illuminated what they do and the vital part they play in solving crimes because it uh, wasn't widely known. Not at all. The field exploded after CSI started becoming a hit. In particular, girls and young women who were inspired by CSI. I was told that the Vegas Crime Lab, it's now mostly women.
1: We had heard that too. And I think in large part, that's due to your role. That's right. Catherine Rillo's was such a popular character, such a strong presence. John and I will go around the country and we'll speak about how CSI is researched. And I would say three quarters of the audience is women.
2: True.
0: I think women have a much keener sense of detail innately. That's why I think girls and young women were so fascinated with the show. And it became a profession for so many of them, which is extraordinary. Oh, yeah. You know, when you have that kind of impact.
2: Right, for sure. On the
0: real world.
2: You originally wanted to be a nurse. Is that true?
0: Yes. Grew up in a small town in Nebraska. North Bend, when I grew up, it was 1,200 people. And just like a lot of farm towns, you know, a lot of people, they leave. So in those days, which is a long time ago, and in a place like Nebraska, where practicality is kind of like everybody's badge of honor, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what you choose as a profession, it's got to be practical. The girls in my high school class, there was a few that became nurses. There was some that became teachers. There was some that became dental hygienists. Mm -hmm. You can get a job in a lot of places with that kind of degree. And my mother was a nurse and I liked science. The life sciences, chemistry and physics weren't my strongest suit, but I was much better in physiology, biology. Those years later came in (laughs) handy on CSI.
1: So what inspired you to make the transition from nursing to then
2: acting?
0: I kind of fell into acting because they were starting a speech and drama program at my high school. Mm-hmm. And the teacher, she basically just kind of like pulled me in. She says, I need people on this. I'm going to put you together with this kid and you're going to do this duet acting thing and you're going to perform for conference and state competitions, blah, blah, blah. And then mm. I, you know, just gradually kind of got bitten by the bug. But still, like, way into my senior year, I thought, who makes a living as an actor in Nebraska? You know, <laughs> it just is so far yeah. from reality to right. I kind of had a change of heart when I was looking at colleges, and one of them was this all-girls Catholic school in mm-hmm. Yankton, South Dakota. They had this four-year nursing program, and it was, you know, was a reputable school, all that. My mom and dad and I, we drove to Yankton in February when it couldn't have been more bleak. And I go there, it's this tiny school, all girls, Catholic. And I was like, oh my God, I, I I, I can't do it. No, no. I just remember being really quiet in the car on the way home and you're okay back there. And, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I think it was probably the dinner table. I said, this isn't for me. I'm just going to go to a state college, and liberal arts major. And that ended up being Kearney State College, which is now part of the University of Nebraska system. I went there for two years and then I transferred to Northwestern, where they had a real like, well-established theater program. Yeah.
1: yeah. According to the internet... Your first job was a deboner at a meat packing plant in Nebraska.
0: It was not my first job. My first it was not job okay. was working in the bean fields. I mean, I was a farm kid. I grew up in town, but agricultural was the main form of making money. So bean fields, corn fields, and then of course you eventually go into the meat packing. And my dad was a government yeah. meat inspector, so. It was actually nepotism, you know, Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, at the time jobs were unionized. It was a good-paying job, and one of the jobs was as a boner. Oh, oh so, really it was I a boner,
1: not a deboner. It was a boner, John. I told you it was a boner, but John, you're boner. You're taking out
2: the bones. You're not putting in boners, are you? Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> John, this
1: is sorry for families.
0: Since we've gone there, I was in a part of the plant called Break and Fab. Which means okay. breaking the meat down and fabricating yeah. it. So putting wax on and boxing it and cryovac and blah blah blah. So this one boring job, it may have even been my first job because it was so tedious they would give you something that my dog <laughs> could do. <you> know? <laughs> it was just to take like the fat and grizzle and bone and just like put it in a tub and stuff like that. Once in a while, the line was sort of empty. Somebody from like the boning tables, there was a lot more young guys, you know, and like kind of like sassy women, but they would take fat and they would form into the shape of like a penis and Uh they'd send it down the line right and then everybody would like bang with their because we all had like these meat hooks people would bang on the (laughs) on the metal like tables and just like like that was like their way of saying well done (laughs) thanks (laughs) for the
1: laugh you've come a long way mark helgenberger
2: from a boner to csi vegas (laughs)
0: I was always kind of like shocked when I would see this. you're
1: too classy for
0: those shenanigans. Because I was like 18 and like, Ooh, trying to do the job and yeah. just right. stay out of the way and just get my paycheck.
2: Well, the world is lucky that you didn't stick with that. <laughs> and that you continue to your fabulous acting career.
1: If we can, I want to bring it back to OG CSI for a minute. There were some pretty gruesome episodes of CSI. I remember there was an episode first a season called Blood Drops, which I think was Dakota Fanning's very first thing she ever did. To this day, that episode really bothers me. It was based on a real crime, and it really kind of hit me. And I'm curious, were there any episodes that you kind of brought home with you? I mean, we hear of real CSIs. We've asked these questions to our guests. Did you ever have a case that you just couldn't shake. And I guess I'd ask you that question. Was there an episode that kind of lived with you a little longer than maybe you had hoped?
0: One that's actually coming to mind is not necessarily based on a real case. It was an episode called Ch-Ch-Ch-Changes. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think Jerry Stahl wrote it.
0: Yes. And as you know, it was about a gender reassignment surgery gone wrong. Yeah. And the team is brought to a storage unit in which there was a botched surgery. The victim was still on the table in stirrups. We're shooting in the middle of the night. And we shot in a real storage unit. They were out in the middle of bumfuck, these storage units, right? The prosthetic makeup team on that show was just so stellar. You know, Unbelievable. They just, oh, my God. Yeah. It freaked you out, right? Like right? how yeah. lifelike all those corpses all looked, yeah. as did this one. It was the first time the crew couldn't stay in the room. And they just, like, I, I got I out of here. It just is too intense for me. So that one always stayed with me because it was just... It was gnarly. But and but you know, thinking back, that particular episode was so ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. We had so many trans actors on that show. Do you remember? Mm.
1: John and I, we had a lot of research questions. That was one of our heavier episodes. John and I found this physician named Dr. Marcy Bowers.
2: Who was formerly Dr. Mark Bowers. That's right.
1: She had been Dr. Mark Bowers. She, I guess, personally Had performed more surgeries than any other physician. So she was incredibly helpful. She actually came to LA and she was an actor in the episode.
2: That's right.
0: I was in a scene with her. And I remember like between takes, I was hanging on her every word. (laughs) She was amazing. She's amazing. So fascinating and so cool and sweet, you know, like a nice person. She may have shared this with you guys too. A few years prior to her transition. She was like voted Seattle's most eligible single (laughs) doctor or something like that. She had children, too. She had Mm -hmm. been married. She was so open about sharing her story.
1: At a time when people weren't as open. Right.
0: Exactly. That was 2005? A long time ago.
1: We couldn't have made CSI without people like Dr. Bowers. I mean, so many people lent their knowledge and their time. They'd come to set. They would read scripts. I mean, it was in, incredibly helpful.
0: Absolutely. Dr. Gary Telgenoff. Mm-hmm.
1: Dr. T. Oh, yeah. He passed away young, too, unfortunately. Yeah, Dr. Telgenoff, who was the chief medical examiner in Clark County in Las Vegas. Uh, he was such an interesting character. I don't know if you remember. He had a, a rock and roll band called Skinner Rat. Yes.
0: He gave me a few of his discs. We used one of his songs one time.
1: We did. Yeah, John and I once went to Vegas, and we saw an autopsy during the day. Right. And then at night, went to go see him play oh. at some dive bar. <laughs> What yeah, a it
0: was great amazing. Vegas experience. And he
2: did like the whole scene on stage with bodies and stuff. He did? He made, yeah, he made a whole <laughs> thing out mean, of it. You mean like
0: great. as part of the act?
2: He had like hospital beds. Yeah, yeah. It was a whole. whole... <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Great. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah,
1: it was Well, fun. Mark, we did see some amazing things in Vegas. One of my best memories, maybe ever. was when we were shooting in Vegas. I think it may have been for the episode that Quentin Tarantino directed, perhaps. And you surprised a bunch of cast members. And we went and we saw Elton John. And we got to go on stage and touch his piano while he was playing Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. I mean, I sometimes pinch myself that I had experiences like
0: that. Yeah, that was a good night.
1: Yeah, that was a great night.
0: Yes, and one section of the theater, they always like chose like thirty people to go up on stage, and we were in that group. And it was unbelievable. Two of us were like Saturday,
2: Saturday,
1: (laughs) oh yeah,
0: just like fist pumping (sighs) and the whole bit. It was uh, great.
1: Almost as much fun as rocking out in a phone booth in Berlin. To ABBA. Do you remember that? <laughs> What's that?
0: <laughs> the world's smallest disco.
1: The world's smallest disco. Marg and I, I think the year after CSI was off the air, we went to Europe, went to Berlin and Prague. We just had the best time.
0: Yeah. And we were
1: in Berlin. And it was an otherwise pretty somber day of seeing... World War II historical spots, and it was sad. That's right. That was
0: all that same day.
1: Really melancholy day. And out of nowhere, we just see a little fun booth and it says World's Smallest Disco. We're like, <laughs> oh, Mark's like, we got to check this out. So go inside. He dropped a quarter or whatever the German yeah. equivalent of a quarter was, <laughs> Deutsch coin or whatever, whatever the like called.
0: Dancing Queen.
1: It was an Amazon thing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Brilliant. But I digress.
2: <laughs> we are at the end of our
0: time. Hmm. Oh, well, we'll uh, have to do it again.
1: Will you come back in season 12? <laughs> of news. Oh this is season gosh. one, so I'm assuming there's going to be at least 12 <laughs> oh seasons. Oh, my God. She'll come back in season 12. Well, thank you so much for being here, Margaret. Really.
0: My pleasure.
2: Truly. And your Instagram, everyone should check out. You're an awesome Instagrammer at Mark Helgenberger. Is that right? Yeah. You're a
1: heck of a tweeter, too. Oh,
0: well, sometimes I can get myself in trouble when I tweet, but uh, <laughs> that's the world in which we live, right? true. hmm Thank, well, thank you, you so
1: again. much,
2: Mark. What a pleasure! We're so happy to see you and to share this time with you.
0: The feeling is mutual, guys.
2: So,
1: John, I don't. Oh know, I, my God! Wow, that went pretty well. I That's a ama-
2: She's so wonderful. I miss working with her. If
1: I would have well, the most. Yeah. But if I would have told you before that this episode started, yeah, that our conversation <laughs> with really an American treasure, indeed. Mark Helgenberger, would include dead elves, yeah. cock rings, and
2: boners. <laughs> I that's think a, you would have been surprised. the best episode of CSI ever. <laughs> but we never <laughs> got we, to pitch that. No.
1: Do you think that we should include some sort of disclaimer about oh, children yeah, yeah, yeah. under the age of 34 it's shouldn't watch It's super explicit. This? Like, this I'm going to have
2: nightmares it. about elves deboning someone in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you went to Europe with her. How oh, yeah. amazing! I know it was the best. Oh, there's
1: so many great stories from that trip. Uh, I met uh, I met Prince Albert and and Charlene of oh, Monaco. Really? Oh wow. yeah, yeah. No, that's but you know what? Next, when she comes back that's on season twelve, special episode, we'll, we'll talk about that. That was such a great. Yeah, because people
2: think like, oh, these Hollywood stars, they don't hang out with each other. No, they travel to Europe together. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something. That was like. I know about you, yeah. but I think that was one
1: of the best parts about being on that show for so long. The friendships. Yeah, the yeah. friendships. I know that sounds like a cliche, but to this day, many years after the original CSI went off the air, my best friends... Are the people I met on 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 the show? That's right. Yeah. You included, John. Thanks, man. And, yeah. And
2: and I don't have that like with Raven Simone. You don't get that in other shows. You don't get
1: well. They, you don't. Only, in all fairness to to, to Miss Simone, you yeah. were only on how Just many episodes one episode. did you do? That was wait, I only count. Wait, it was one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you did one,
2: hundred twenty six CSI. Right. So That's, I see your point. Yeah. yeah.
1: Friendships. Friendships. And We'll have
2: more of our friends on the show. Oh yeah. As no, the keep continues. keep listening. Yeah.
1: Because you know. Yes, you're going to get what's good for you. You're going to get that science. In fact, next episode, we hope that you'll come back. Yeah. We're going to have a fabulous scientist mm-hmm. on the show. You just might learn a thing or you two. You might learn a thing or two. But you'll be entertained. That's right. That's the thing about people who work in forensics. They're all really weird. Super weird. Which is why I think I get along with them so well.
2: Yeah, and right? how I know that wasn't the field for me. Because I was never into, like, dissecting animals or bugs and stuff as a little kid.
1: That's true, but you are a strange man. I'm weird in a Hollywood way. You're Hollywood weird. Yeah. John, that is the name of your autobiography. Hollywood weird. Hollywood weird. The John (laughs) Wellner story. Wow. Forward by... Who would would write the forward? I think I could write your forward. You could write it. Yeah, I could write that. We'll get on it. Well, anyways, this has been a lot of fun. And if you've liked the show today and you want more exclusive content, uh, go to patreon.com, type in the show, CSI Love You, and there's all sorts of fun stuff available. Tons. We want to thank our producer and engineer, Jordan Katz. We'd also like to give a shout out to the great Dan Byrne for his amazing theme song. And uh, John, who else? Who else am I missing? All of you,
2: our listeners and subscribers.
1: They're the most important. And not to take anything away from Dan or Jordan, but without them...
2: There is no. Da- well, no, they'd still exist.
1: Mm-hmm. They'd still exist, yeah. but. Yeah. Either way.
2: Thanks, everyone. Well, John, David, till next crime. See you then. Vermin welder, and their I got